The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. Yes, the matchmaking caps are back on following a very fun and entertaining, somewhat chaotic Noche UFC event. It was a lot of fun. I love the theme behind it. Crowd was on fire. And all I ask is just for more fun. Just keep giving us more fun. UFC, but thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always following a controversial end to the event. Maybe we need the Prince of Positivity to put out those great vibes. The co-host, co-matchmaker, my best friend, Alexander K. Lee. AK, what's up, buddy? What the hell, my best friend? Mike Bell, not, not, not my, my best friend, Mike Heck, comma, Mike Bell, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What is going on here, Mike? What is going on here? Uh, Michael Heck, you do not have to answer for your fellow Mike. I am. Uh, I so I should tell people I had the evening off. Uh, I had uh, you know I, I enjoyed a nice day up in uh, in Uxbridge, Ontario, with uh, with uh, my girlfriend and some friends, and it was just a lovely, it was a beautiful day. So as much as I like this card uh, and would like to have seen it live, I uh, I missed most of it. I missed most of it. I did tune in for the main event. Really, I mean, it's a great fight. I, I was uh, highly anticipating it. And it did not disappoint. Awesome fight. Great five-round fight. It is now going to be overshadowed by the scoring controversy. Uh, I know you guys talked about the post-fight show already, but I, I'm not sure what, what else there is to say. Because we can keep going on about Mike Bell's previous record. A very solid judge. I think when I was writing, uh, I don't know if it was a robbery review or doing some sort of judging commentary. I singled singled him out as one of the more consistent, better judges. But everyone has an off night. I really feel like Mike had an off night on uh, on Saturday. There's really not much of a justification for a ten eight in uh, in that fifth round, which 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 is weird because you could have probably extrapolated ten eight from round two, maybe or round three, if you're going by the Jed Shu mentality, uh, Jed Shu, Jed Mashu mentality, and not just him. A lot of people feel like. You know, it's so weird that we have these close rounds that are ten nines, and then you have rounds that have like have a clear winner, like round two in this fight, round three in this fight, which shouldn't be scored the same, right? Shouldn't be scored the same um, as a very close ten nine. But if we're going by the scoring system, I was I was okay with not giving any ten eights in this fight, and especially not in round five. So um, Alex Agrasso, successful defense, she put on a great fight. I think you could have scored it forty eight forty seven first, so I don't mind her retaining at all. 
but it does leave a bitter taste, I feel like, in a lot of people's mouths that the way it was scored feels wrong. Yeah, I, I scored it for Shevchenko. Not married to it. If mm-hmm. you score, if, if it ended up being 48-47, Grasso would have no issue with it. That's just how I scored it. Watched it again this morning. Still scored a 48-47 for, for Shevchenko. That round four thought, is close, right? That round four yeah, is like shaky. That's the yeah. one. I thought Shevchenko won the fourth round. I know there was a moment where Valentino was kind of playing with fire with the mm. grounded opponent rule in effect, but Alex Grasso was like, no, you're not grounded, so I'm just going to keep kneeing you in the head over and over again. Uh, but I thought Valentina won most of the rest of that round. I thought Valentina was landing the more damaging shots. You can make a case the other way if you want as well. It was just very weird. Um, the only, and like you mentioned, possible 10 eights and two and three, the Jen Mishu scale. The only acceptable 10 eight for round five, the only acceptable way that that works is if you do score two and three 10 eights. That's it. No other justification works. None of this makes sense. Yes, off night. Yes, Mike is typically a very good referee or uh, judge. Excuse me. Even I, I agreed with his thirty twenty four in the Josephine Knutson fight uh, against Marnik Mann. But this was just a really bad card, and Valentina Shevchenko should be the flyweight champion right now. Yes, yes, he should be the flyweight. By, by she should be scores. the flyweight champion. Yeah, yeah. Yep. it's it's it has to be frustrating. She was frustrated after, you know, but she dressed it, I think, as calmly as she, as she could in the uh, post-fight and then in her fight interview later. It was kind of weird bringing up like, oh, it was only because of Mexican Independence Day that, that she feels like maybe that swayed the judges. I, I don't want to go there. I think that was a, an odd comment. But again, she's frustrated. She's speaking in the moment. I'm not going to totally condemn her for that. And she's just so justified in being upset with these scores because that's just not a 10-5, my colleague. I... He's there live. He's got a different angle. There's going to be some situations where he's going to have a much better angle than we uh, have viewing at home. There's going to be some situations where he has a worse angle. That's what the monitors are for. Somehow, you know, through his viewing of the fight from his angle, looking at the monitor too, I'm sure he used, well, uh, he saw justifiable 10-8 in that fifth round, and, and we'll be scrutinizing that one for a while. It was it was a peculiar score, um, and I hate that we're going to be talking about it so much for eternity. I think this is, I mean, this, is, this round is going to come up every time Every time Grasso fights, every time Shevchenko fights, every time we talk about the flyweight title, this round is going to come up, and it shouldn't have. It shouldn't have been so controversial. It looked pretty clear cut to score, but we're not the guy sitting in the chair. So again, everyone has an off night. I was so close to nailing the prediction too. I was so close because uh, I said Alex Grasso is going to maybe be down three one. Valentina is going to make a mistake and Alexa's going to tap her around five. And I was so close. It was so close. I thought she was going to get it. I really thought she was going to get it, but um, she leaves with the belt anyway. So, so now we discuss the what's next following this fight because we made a pretty solid case on the post fight show that even though we look at the scorecard as a really bad one and it, that's the headline surrounding this fight it does take away with how great this fight was this was an incredible battle between these two ladies uh it was a lot more fun than i thought it was going to be i thought this would be a very very technical fight maybe a little bit slow paced but no these two ladies got after it they deserve a lot of credit for the performances on both sides valentina overcoming adversity after getting dropped in round two with a big round three round four is very close grasso was not looking good in round five. Valentina makes a huge mistake. Grasso capitalizes to win the round and even gets a 10-8 on the scorecard. Valentina Shevchenko just continued to jab away. She'd be the champion right now, no matter what. And so we have to keep that in mind as well when we talk about Mike Bell and the scorecard. Valentina made a huge mistake and it cost her the belt. But this might have worked out for everybody in a weird way because... I have no issue with this fight being ran back a third time. I really want to see it again. And Shaheen brought up an interesting point. This could be the female version of Brandon Moreno, Davis, and Figueredo. We could see these ladies battle five times. And I would be here for all of them. So Shevchenko obviously wants to run it back. Grasso would be okay if it's run back. But if we're up to her... She would move on and bring a fresh face in to challenge for the title. So ultimately, AK, are we going to get Grasso Shevchenko 3 next? 
Or is Grasso going to fight somebody else and Shevchenko's going to have to get another win before getting back to a title shot? It's a great fight. I do want to see it again somewhere. If it never happened again, I don't know if I'd be heartbroken. Not as much so. With with Moreno and Figueredo, all their rematches felt very necessary. Uh, which is crazy because there were worthy flyweight contenders, much like there are in the women's side of it as well. But I just, it, it did feel unresolved until that sort of that fourth fight. So I, I need to see it. This, I really want to see them fight again, but if it doesn't happen, that's life. And I'd, I'd like to see it sooner rather than later, right? I'd like to see it before the end of the year, or at least early next year. If they could somehow get them back in there for December or January, I think that'd be amazing. Now, Valentina did say afterwards she injured her thumb pretty badly in round one. It sounds like she might want to take some time off. Again, it, it doesn't necessarily take, what, six months to recover from a thumb injury. We'll see what it is. But if she... but. I I do like the idea of her taking some time off though, and giving one of these challengers a chance to uh, take that title. So in that in that situation, if Grasso, so uh, I'll, I'll, my my pick for Grasso is uh, it's time for Aaron Blanchfield because I had said some other show. Uh, let's keep Blanchfield busy. I don't know what's going to happen with this fight. Let's have Blanchfield fight Caitlin Chukagian. Forget that. Toss that out the window. I want to see Blanchfield fight for the title now. I know she's young. I know she has plenty of time. Like we don't need to rush it, but I want it now. I want. I'm, I'm using the "I want it now" rule, Mike. I just want to see it now. So if that happens, and if Blanchfield beats Grasso, as I think a lot of people are guessing she might, then you might never see that third Grasso Shevchenko fight because I think Shevchenko probably won't only want to fight her again for the title. Maybe they do a five round thing because they're not getting another five rounder right unless it's for the title. So you might not see it again. So I, I am saying. I'm potentially sacrificing that trilogy to see Blanchfield and Grasso. Uh, I'll bet I'll go to my Shevchenko pick after Mike, but I want to see what your thoughts are on, on Grasso. It's a trilogy, absolutely. Okay, we do it again. We could do it March in Vegas. We could do it in. I, I know on the broadcast there was a little flash of a screen said they're targeting a return to Mexico in 2024, and if it happens in the first half of 2024, that absolutely has to be on that card. Do it again. Valentina will be like mega, mega heel. And Alex Grasso will be babyface once again. And I, I think Valentina Shevchenko kind of likes that. So I would absolutely do that. And it kind of opens the door. You want to keep Aaron Blanchfield busy. Well, now she can be busy because she can fight Man in Fioro. And we could have a legit 100% number one contender. No controversy. Winner moves on to fight for the belt. Unless Valentina wins the third fight, then we got to do a fourth one. So <laughs> it's a weird situation, but it kind of works out. We get to see them these two fight again. I think the third fight will be even better than the second one. Like, I'm that intrigued by it. And we get Blanchfield Fioro. I think it kind of works out for everybody. So what did you pick for Valentina Shevchenko? This I'm very curious about. I think there's uh, only one real answer to this. Yeah, but. I'm I'm ready to see her at 135, man. I, I, oh. I said... I, I was asked before the uh, you know on the preview show like is this is this the last we see of her at one twenty five win or lose we didn't say draw for some reason I don't know why uh, I wish we had because I hadn't even thought about that possibility um, but uh, I, I now it really feels like she has unfinished business at one twenty five I understand and she looks fantastic all this stuff we were saying about her age Austin's been fighting for twenty professionally for twenty years she turned thirty five you know this year um, she got me the decline. Did not look like she declined at all. Looked as good, if not better, than in the first fight. I still think that wall's coming, uh, but she did not hit it on Saturday. So, uh, but yeah, again, this is the I want it now stuff, Mike. I just want to see her go up and get a second title, and then come, and then she can come back down if she's comfortable with it. Come back down to one twenty five later for champ versus champ fight. Whether it's with Grasso, which would be incredible. Imagine the uh, her coming down to one, Valentina coming down to one twenty five for one more shot at that one twenty five pound title and to become a champ champ. Or uh, or she if she comes down to fight Blanchfield, or she comes down to fight you know Manolfiro is the one who gets the title shot and wins it somehow. I want to see her fight Grasso again. I get it, but I also think she can go up for that bantamweight title and then come back and fight whoever for the flyweight title. So that's uh, I'm I just want to see her just move up. That'd be really interesting if that happened. Mm-hmm. If she doesn't want to make that move up, there's only one fight to make. If it's on Alexa Grasso, you do Rose Namajunas, and there you go. Mm-hmm. And then that'd be fun. Yeah, and then the winner will get the winner of Aaron Blanchfield versus whoever is next, and there you go. 
I should, I oh, I should a, add that's a fascinating fight. The one twenty-five pound champ could also go up and go to get uh, Shevchenko, if if because Blanchfield has talked about possibly moving up to bantamweight, right? So if she be, I would hate her just to, to if, let's say she beat Grasso immediately try and go up for one thirty-five and not actually defend the flyweight title. But hey, Conor McGregor did it. Why can't Aaron Blanchfield, right? So uh, there's there's some champ champ possibilities, but it all begins with Valentina being the one I think to go up and go for that one thirty-five pound title. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting next four to five months to kind of see where this all goes. Let's go to the co-main event. Another close fight, as we expected it to be. Jack Della Maddalena wins a split decision against Kevin Holland. I thought the judges got it right. I know one Terrence McKinney is not in agreement with me, but I think there's a little bit more of a bias there because Terrence McKinney and Kevin Holland are very, very close. But I thought this is a, not a super clear 29-28 for JDM, but... I felt pretty comfortable with with, with twenty nine twenty eight JDM. I thought he he won round one. I thought Holland won round two, and I thought JDM won round three. And I thought Kevin Holland could have done a lot more in this fight. And I don't think JDM blew the doors off of him. And I think if Kevin Holland fought a smarter fight, I think he probably would have won this fight. But he didn't. JDM gets it done. A lot of options here for one Jack Della Maddalena, and I think it's time, AK. I think it's time because. Welterweight in particular is like the perfect litmus test division where if you want to see if you're a top 15 guy, you fight the Neil Magnies and Randy Browns of the world. But if you want to see if you're a top 10 guy, there's only one guy you can fight. And unfortunately, we did not see this man fight in August in another litmus test type of matchup due to some medical issues. But how about Jack Della Maddalena versus Jeff Neal? I think that's the fight to make. Whoa! Are, I, are we, are we that's the weird. band? I hear, I hear music. <laughs> that's so weird. Hmm. Maybe, maybe we'll count it down and see. One, two, three, go. Friends, Friends forever. forever. Yep. I heard music. You're right. Damn. Yeah. No, that's the way to go. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Neal's top ten. He's top ten. He was supposed to be the uh, top ten. You know, test for uh, Ian Machado. Gary didn't happen. Uh, hopefully he gets comes back from whatever it is that uh, he had, you know, forced him to withdraw from the fight soon enough, and JDM can get back in there, and JDM gets that top ten test, and with a win, top ten spot. Yeah, there's a lot That's of it. options here, yeah. a lot of directions we can go. I saw some people say, "Oh, let's just throw him right in there with Ian Gary." There's no way the UFC is going to nah. make that fight. Just absolutely no chance that fight happens right now. So, but yeah, we can go high, we can go low. There's Sean Brady. We could rebook that one. There's lots of different ways you can go. And I think there's, I get a eclectic mix of suggestions when it comes to JDM, but good win. He needed it. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else. 
and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And, you know, pun intended, on to the next one for Jeff Della Maddalena. It'll be on to the next one for 18-year-old, at least for a few more months now, Raul Rosas Jr. just ices poor... I was going to call him Terrence McKinney. Terrence Mitchell just runs him over, knocks him out in less than a minute. Kind of knew the knockout was in play here because Terrence Mitchell is an underrated grappling technician. He's very tough to submit. And Raul showed the hands, hurt him real bad, got him out of there, showed that killer instinct. And Raul Rush Jr., as expected, gets back on track against an opponent. It is very easy to have highlight reels against. So this is actually... Excellent matchmaking from a UFC perspective on trying to get this kid back on track. What's next for Raul Rosas Jr., AK? There's, again, this is one of those dartboard throws. How high are we willing to go here? Yeah, uh, DC asked him after, like, were you surprised, like, Mitchell came out so aggressive? I'm like, no, that's what Terrence Mitchell does. That's why they put him in there with uh, Raul Rosas Jr., because they knew he'd uh, keep coming hard, probably open himself up for a finish. That's what happened. Just gets cracked on the feet and then uh, finish on the ground. Um, yeah, it, it was uh, a great bounce back performance for uh, RRJ. Um, good booking, right? This is we t- and I kind of want to go along the same lines that they've been using because there's still star potential here for sure. I think we do need to pump the brakes. And when I say we, I'm talking about myself specifically. I've been as high on this kid as anyone, um, e- even though I, I, I didn't, I wasn't like disappointed at all in the christian rodriguez loss i was like that's you know christian rodriguez is good that doesn't tell me uh Ramos jr is bad uh but i definitely overhyped him a bit i think he was third in my rookie of the year voting uh last year i did cheat because i did include i think he had like four other fights in 2022 that i uh before the ufc before before contender series so i kind of cheated and included those we're not supposed to but i did include him there i see a lot of potential in him but we need to, you know, I need to be reminded, 18-year-old kid, we don't know which direction this, he's going to be going. Looks great. Very confident. Does seem to be getting a bit of buzz. I I, I've, I believe our, according to our social media numbers, he draws some pretty strong, uh, pretty strong amount of engagement compared to, you know, some more experienced names, some names that you think might be bigger. So there is that, there is that level of interest, you know. Um, it does help he's 18 years old. Even when he's 19, there's still be a bit of shine there. When he hits 20... I don't know. Maybe we lose that to young guy buzz, but he's doing great for a young guy. I'm playing it super safe, Mike. I just tried to find a name that's either one and one, oh and one. Maybe grab some of the contender series. Uh, let's get a paycheck for my fellow Canadian, Chad and Helliger. Chad and Helliger, come on down. You're the next. You're next on uh, the prices, right? Or the prices Rosas, as it were. So um, yeah, could be a lot of ways they can go with this. I'm not going for a big jump up in competition yet. Let's see. Uh, let's give him a good old tough Canadian boy. I like that. Mm-hmm. If they end up in Toronto in January, not a bad place for that fight. Right. Let's send the young man up to up north. I want a little different direction. I'm going to go a little more experience, a little more experience, but both. I think these are both winnable fights, whoever this ends up being. Uh, this fight coming up on October 7th between Johnny Munoz and Arichi Lang. I think the winner of that fight. I think that's fine. It's Ooh. Johnny's obviously got Johnny's obviously got UFC. Both these fighters obviously have UFC experience, but they're top fifty guys. Like that's who they are. So I think Christian Rodriguez is at least a notch, probably two of a both of these gentlemen. So I think this is a good step up. Like I, there's a lot of different ways we can go with this. So I think this is a fine. I, I think Johnny Munoz stylistically is a really fun one because Johnny's such a good grappler. I think Raul can get another knockout in that fight. And Richie Lang is really good on the feet, but I think Rose could take him down and smash him. So both are very winnable for him. Both are a little bit of a step up, but we're not jumping up too much. So I'll go with that. But again, we can go a number of different directions depending on where he fights and when he fights and when this all plays out. So 
all those picks are fine. Yeah, Mike, you're right. I think uh, top 50 is about right. I got I got Arichi Lang at 48. I've got Johnny Munoz at 51 and uh, Rosas right now at 54. Uh, people might put him ahead of them now, but again, I don't know. Who is he, who is he beaten, right? Who is he beaten in the UFC so far? Um, the only thing would be crazy because Arichi Lang, I think, officially has 30. That'll be his 35th pro fight when he fights Johnny Munoz. So he has... It just the, the number is staggering to me. Thirty-five pro fights, and then uh, if he went in there with uh, Rosas, who would be going to his tenth pro fight, the tender age of, of nineteen. Assuming he doesn't fight in the next like two weeks, uh, the tender age of nineteen. So, but hey, everything they do with this kid seems a little crazy. So why not? Yeah, that's that's such Bellator booking right there, where you put this young kid against. Well, he's fighting a guy with thirty-seven fights. Yeah, but he's still going to be a minus seven hundred favorite against Arichi Lang. So. But good win for Al Rule, and dude still got some swag to him. Still ready to go. Feels like he's still going to break all the records. Good on him. I am very high on one Daniel Zellhuber, though, Mr. AK. Very high on him. Scary moment early in this fight against Christos Giagos, who has been in there with everybody. Dude's been in there with Gilbert Burns. He's been in there with Armin Sarukian. Been in there with Charles Oliveira. He's been in there with everybody. Dude has been in there with everybody. And Yagos like rattles Zell Huber, hurts him on the feet. Daniel bounces around and then comes back with just this out of nowhere, nasty anaconda choke, gets the big submission. I'm super high on this kid. I cannot wait to see where he goes. The way Eric Nixick describes him, Daniel Zell Huber walking into Extreme Couture is like me waking up to get the morning newspaper and there's a brand new Lamborghini in my driveway. Sure, it's cool. And I want to start it and I want to drive it really fast, but I have no idea how to drive this thing. So I have to try different things before I'm comfortable enough to just put the pedal to the metal. And you can kind of see that with Daniel. So much talent, a lot of natural gifts. He's already really, really good. He might even be like a top 35 lightweight already. And he's still got so much room to grow. And that's what makes him very, very, very scary. So I'm ready to give this guy another, another veteran test. A guy who just fought, guy who just won on the pay-per-view a week prior, his name is Nasrat Hackparast. Let's do Zell Huber versus Hackparast, AK. Your Damn, thoughts. Man, you're really, you're really putting these kids in there with some veterans, Mike. I mean, you just fought Christos Giagos. Those, uh, Christos I, has 13 I fights in the UFC. This is true. This is true. Yeah, you're right. They, they already, they already got him on that track. I don't know. I guess I went... Uh... Oh, I mean, I gave him a veteran, too. I gave him a guy who's um, got a bit of experience. Um, a little closer to, to Zell Huber. I went with another tall boy. Give me give me, give me, me the tall boy lightweight division here. Um, uh, Fares Ziam. I think Fares Ziam. Uh, I think he fought in July, or am I thinking of someone else? I, but either way, I haven't heard a, any any word on what uh, Fares Ziam's next fight might be. I, I know he's a name. We throw out an Otno a lot. I don't know if I've ever accurately predicted uh, one of Ziam's bookings, but... I'll keep throwing it out there until I get it. Uh, I think that's the right test. But you're right. You're right. For, I, I didn't think about, yeah, they, they clearly already have confidence that he can fight guys who have double-digit uh, UFC experience, right? Christos Diagos. So uh, why not uh, Frestium? Why not, uh, you know, the, the names that we've, we've mentioned so far? So, yeah, yeah. I can see, again, we're talking about dart throws here. So I, I don't have a lot of confidence in this, but it could be a fun matchup. Two rangy lightweights. Get him in there. Sure. Uh, let's go back to Canada, AK. Yes. Kyle Nelson just keeps doing the damn thing. The spoiler. The From spoiler, a, man. This guy. I said on the People's Free Fight Show, if there is one of these kind of blown out lines where the favor is like minus 250, if there is any value from an underdog side, it was 1,000% on Nelson because I thought him being a plus 200 underdog was egregious, especially after his last performance. So the result didn't really surprise me. A lot of people weren't especially from a betting perspective, we're not overly thrilled that Nelson got the decision here, even though I thought all the betting value from a money line angle was on Nelson. But Nelson goes out and does it, gets booed out of the building. It was even nice about accepting the booze. Says, thank you very much. Just a, just a nice Canadian response to the booze. Guy's got to be a dad again. He's got a lot going on. It was, it's, it was a happy day. Now where? Now what? Now where do we go? How do we build upon this this two fight win streak, AK? I I don't know why I didn't pick him because I, I guess I think I watched I was rewatching the Jai Herbert fight and I was like, well, you know, guys who are like similarly 
uh, uh, rang- rangy. There's that word again. Rangy is him. They do tend to like give him some problems, but he's he's really good at uh, almost being a bit of a pest, kind of not letting his opponents get comfortable, not letting them get off, not letting them show off their stuff. And that doesn't always win him fights, but it certainly uh, you know makes his fights competitive. And then you know sometimes you get guys who get it take totally takes him out of the rhythm, and that's when he can go to work and you know win decisions like this. So I shouldn't have doubted him. I shouldn't have been. Uh, I shouldn't have followed the chalk. Um, I think. Uh, I think I want to see him fight another veteran though, and the way I'm going, I'm going a bit up. This would also help Nelson move up should he get this win. Andre Feely, uh, very experienced guy. I don't know uh, where you know what he has left, uh, where he's going. He's been in a lot of tough fights. I want to see how he handles uh, again a tricky matchup from Kyle Nelson, and and if he wins, then we'll get a better gauge of uh, you know how much how much Andre Feely has left in his career because man, he's been in the UFC for ten years. Uh, he came in very. He was twenty three years old, I guess, when he came into the UFC. So now he's a thirty three year old man. Uh, he's been in some wars. I think him, Con Nelson, would be a fun matchup. And if Philly wins, hey, maybe there's one last charge uh, into the top 15. So, or or Con Nelson surprises us and he makes a run to the top 15 and uh, top 20. So, uh, yeah, give, give me just give me some veterans scrapping it out. Went a different route. Sean Woodson, come on down. Let's go. I like that. I, I like that idea. Let's get Sean Woodson in there. He looked great in his last fight. Let's see what he can do against the Wiley vet, the 10 year veteran. I love it. Another, another, another t- we got a lot of gangly tall boys yes. at, at featherweight and lightweight right now. <laughs> and it's fun to throw them together. So, yeah, I'm for it. Uh, let's go to the wild card round. There are people who are saying, hey, can we, can we sign some sort of document that says we, we take out two of these fighters and we add Tracy Cortez and Roman Kopulov to this conversation? And didn't hate that idea, but it's not the way the cookie crumbles this time around. And we already broke rules, AK. We already broke rules. This is. Was this the first time? No, because we had the Moreno figgy draw. So this is the second time in Otno history that a main event ends in a draw, and we have to decide whether or not. Because we have a we have a pretty hard hard pressed rule that if a fight goes to a draw, there is no winner. We don't match make for you. We just skip over it. But we couldn't on, in this situation. We certainly couldn't with uh, Figgy and Moreno after their war in December of 2020. But let's go to the wild card round now. Did you choose? Tracy Cortez or Roman Kopulov or who who else did you pick? I did. I did choose Tracy Cortez. I was going to go with my uh, fellow Canadian Lupi Godinez, fellow Canadian slash fellow. She's a, she's a woman of many nations, but I we certainly uh, welcome her and claim her, uh, especially when she's coming off a great win like that. So uh, I was going to go with Lupi, but I feel like uh, I don't know if we've we've put her on a previous show on the list of people like don't even bother making matchups for them because she might fight next week and it just spoils the whole thing. Like you really cannot predict uh, what she's going to do next. And she was even on this card, she ended up fighting on it because of this weird, uh, you know, ship of Theseus situation where uh, uh, an entirely like two different matchups got switched up and changed up. And it's somehow we got Lupita Godinez versus Elise Reed spilling out of it. Um, so that was fun. So I, I, I would have gone with Loopy, but I think Tracy Cortez definitely deserves a look. She's now what five and zero in the UFC, I think, and she's not flying up the charts, you know, because of inactivity. She doesn't have a signature finish, you know. The UFC matchmakers like that. Again, that shouldn't determine whether she's a contender or not, but it does, you know, it does add to your uh, your potential as a contender a lot if you can string in a submission and knock out in there somewhere. She doesn't quite have that yet, but. I think she's firmly proven she's top 15 in the UFC. So with that in mind, I want to give her a top 10 opponent, someone who's, you know, people may view as trending downwards, but I think is still one of the most difficult tests. This was a popular pick for Rose Namajunas, but I like it for Tracy Cortez as well. Let's see uh, Tracy Cortez and lucky Lauren Murphy. I like that fight. Yeah. AK for a brief moment, we almost made history. We almost made history because my initial choice was going to be Tracy Cortez versus Lauren Murphy. I felt pretty good about it. And then I changed directions a little bit. You're going Kapalov? No, no. I'm going Tracy Cortez. Okay. Well. I say, I'm just going to get a different I'm, opponent. 
people we have to remind people you he is your boy can we say roman Kopilov is your boy listen i get everyone we everyone gave up on roman Kopilov. i i said this guy i didn't i was i wasn't angry with him like i was disappointed i saw his fight nights global stuff i'm like this guy should be a killer he loses to carl roberson now we know carl roberson is good so it wasn't like the worst thing he loses to but he didn't look great in either of those fights like he didn't look great in the carl roberson fight he didn't look great in the daria fight so i'm like where is this? This guy is like finishing, you know, no names on the on the international scene. I I over evaluated him. Forget this guy. I left him for dead. Even after he beat he beat Takiriko, you said he would win by knockout. We were all like, Mike, you're crazy. He beats Takiriko. I was still like, whatever. He gets the one knock. I and I did not know if that would be a run of four straight knockouts and Roman Kopilov being one of the hottest names at 185. So let's keep giving you your flowers on that because we had all you like you said we had left him for dead. Yes, all of you just so so easy, Man. so eager to give up on these fighters who are he's trying nasty. to accomplish their dreams. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's, nas- he's nasty. He's really, really good. Uh, yeah. Anytime you get a liver punch, you almost deserve a wild card spot, but I almost feel like you can't match make for him right now because, I mean, it, it would make sense to either do Chris Curtis or Anthony Hernandez, but honestly, if I'm Roman Kopilov and his team, I am pushing for hashtag Roman versus Roman. Just get him on MSG and fight try to get that Delizze fight, man. Like, that's exactly what he should be doing. And even if he loses, who cares? He's going to get props for stepping in and fighting a top 10 guy. And if, who cares if he loses? If he wins, it's five wins in a row, and he's now he's in the top 10 at 185. Middleweighty, middleweight. This man is not. But I did not go with him. I went with Tracy Cortez. That's, that's not your wild card pick? That's good. No, it's really good. I, I felt Damn. it was kind of too easy. Okay, okay. Um, Cortez Murphy is a fight I want to see. It's just not one that I feel we should see right now because Lauren's got a lot going on. I think she wants to try to fight in January, beginning of 2024. So the timelines could line up. My concern is Tracy because every year it's one fight a year, one fight a year. I did like the fact that she said, I want to go on a title run in 2024. I like that a lot. I just need to see more activity. I need to see her come back in like five, six months and fight again and get another win. And boy, she may not like the direction I'm going here. And Tracy Cortez fans may not like the direction I'm going here. But this will, I think the winner gets Lauren Murphy. This is for the Lauren Murphy sweepstakes. Tracy Cortez versus Karina Silva. That's the fight. That's it. That's it. Wow. Let's see if, let's see if she's going on this title run. She goes out there and beats Karina Silva. Let's go. Then we can do Lauren Murphy. Then we can we could get her there. But this is a tough division. All these women are killers. KGB Lee doesn't make sense. She lost Natty Ice. I saw some people saying, let's do Tracy Cortez versus Natty Ice. No. No. No, we don't do that. That's a fight we wait like a year and a half for when they're close to fighting for the belts. Then you put those two ladies together. We don't do it now. They have something with Tracy Cortez. I think she could be a huge star. Like, I honestly think she could be a star. But the inactivity has just really hampered her. It's really hurt her. I know she's going through a lot. She went through a lot heading into this fight. Let's see how active she can stay. Throw in the Kriene Silva. She goes and beats Kriene Silva. Off we go. Off we go. Give her Lauren Murphy. Give her the rest. We really did almost make history because Kriene Silva was on my shortlist for this. I, I think I was, I didn't, I, would, I wouldn't say I changed it. I wouldn't say I went Kriene Silva, then changed Stolen Murphy. But I was like, I was looking at both the Silvas. Of course, the Silva wouldn't have made sense. But I was like, Kriene Silva, maybe that's the way to go. Uh, I wanted to keep them, uh, her and Cortez going in, in, ops, in other directions. But yeah, it makes a lot of sense. We were close, Mike. We, we almost, did. We I almost did. did it. I wrote Lauren Murphy at one point and I said, <sighs> not yet. One more win, then you get there. But it all depends on timing. So there you go. Do you want to do the disclaimer? Did, any, did anyone come in claim Otno points no, or anything I like that? No, I haven't had people claiming in a while. I will say also, I, uh, I think the, the DMs on Twitter have been a little screwed up because uh, what is it now? You have to be following someone or following each other to DM them now, I think. Or you have to be following them. I don't know. Twitter's dumb. It's Twitter's dumb. You know, it's uh, it, now X, right? And it's uh, they've made some weird rules. So I think people who have already, like I've already been talking, DMing with can still DM me. I, I, I think it sucks. I don't know if we're getting new people uh, because I don't know if someone who hasn't messaged me before now can message me. So at me, guys, at me on, you know, at me or at Mike 
uh, and their replies, you know, just just add us directly in a tweet if you if you'd like to um, hit one of us up on Twitter. Though uh, Mike, Mike primarily uh, checks IG, so hit hit me up. But um, uh, yes, the usual disclaimer. I I forgot to write it down. I usually copy and paste it right down every time. Uh, so we'll just say, guys, please don't send us doo doo. Uh, keep track of people who have already fought before, people who are notably teammates, weight class guys. I know this is tricky. People jump around all the time, but weight classes. Uh, notable injuries, pregnancies, guys. These things aren't hard to look up, and uh, also just don't you know don't act a fool because uh, if you just make a bad pick, we're going to call you out on that too. So. Yeah, don't be booking Loopy versus Carlos Barza at MSG. Okay, please don't be doing that. Please don't be doing that. Instant doo doo. Instant doo doo. You might be banned for a week if you do that. <laughs> uh, let's go to Gus. Good morning, Mike. Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko three. By the way, if you pick Grasso Shevchenko three from here on out, I'm not reading it because that's like 95% of these. JDM versus Vicente Luque. Like that fight. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's one that it's one that I was really excited about before. Luque's coming off a really good win against RDA. Kind of a different style now. So that is an interesting fight. I'm hearing rumblings about a different option for Vicente Luque. Something that the fighters are kind of working on themselves behind the scenes and trying to get the UFC on board. So I don't know if we're going to get this fight, but if they make it, I love it. Oh, so much. Um, but we'll see what happens. Raul Rosa Jr. versus Garrett Armfield, AK. Boy, oh boy. That's a big test. That, that, that to me is going in the wrong direction. I, I'm high. I'm high in Garrett Armfield as well. I think he's a good fighter. Maybe he doesn't have the ceiling of uh, uh, Rosas. I don't know, but that's when I looked at. It. I was like, I looked at it and then looked away. I, I'm not interested. I'm not. Interested. I think we could see both these guys. I think we could see these guys fight in like a top 25 kind of a matchup in the next year. Garrett's really good, man. Yeah, like, he's really, really good, and I love this fight. I just think it's too soon for it. Uh, Daniel Zellhuber versus Jamie Malarkey. Coming off of the uh, the victory, I guess. Definitely looked at it. Definitely looked at it. Very fun matchup. Uh, yeah, I, I was gonna again. I was gonna say I feel like Malarkey is too experienced, but you know, based on the names that we've thrown out there, it's pro- probably not. Probably fit. Kyle Nelson versus Julian Juicy J Arosa. The Juicy J is in quotes. Wild card Roman Kopulov versus Mikhail Alexeychuk. I like that fight as well. Yeah, I saw a few of those. Yeah, it, make, it makes that'd be a really fun matchup. Someone's getting KO'd. Robbie Ryan, Felice Noche, Libre, Amigos. Grasso versus Aaron Blanchfield. Valentina versus Manon Fioro. Raul Rosas Jr. is a work in progress. They need to be patient with him and not get carried away. Mitchell was holding his own, but got impatient and didn't fight to his strength and use his reach. There are plenty of suitable matches for him. Jesus Christmas. He listed off about a dozen names, and he goes, but I'll go with Brady Highstand. Sure. <laughs> uh, Zell right. Huber versus Ferezium, AK. How about that? Right with you. Friends forever. Let's do it. Nelson versus Cub Swanson. Good call out. Can't see a better option. Wild card, Kopilov versus uh, Andre Petrovsky. I'm pretty high on Kopilov and see him in the title picture in two to three fights. Damn, Kopilov versus... I don't... I have, I'd favor Petrovsky pretty strongly, but hey, I'm, I clearly know nothing about Kopilov, so uh, maybe that is the way to go. Kopilov minus 700 favorite. Don't do it. Don't do it to Andre. He's on a nice run. Uh, Dad Jackson. Kopilov versus Junyoung Park. Loopy versus... I think this is actually the right fight. Loopy Godinez versus Tabitha Ricci. I think that's the right fight for, for Loopy. Uh, I think Ricci was now. there. Ricci was there, right? Should have, uh, 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 Loopy should have called her out. I like it. I think it's a good one. Zell Huber versus Slava Claus. JDM versus Gilbert Burns. Damn. All right. Yeah, I've saw people mention that. I guess that'd be a good way to go. Uh, that's a again. If we're talking about throwing him into the top ten, you you can might as well go all the way with it, right? Throwing there with the guy who's set top five, top six, right? Why not? Uh, Kevin Holland versus Vicente Luque. Raúl Rocha Jr. versus Ronnie Lawrence. Um, Ronnie's taking some time off from the sport, so. I'm not going to call Dudu. You could go, could go to Ronnie's Instagram. There's a whole explainer. He's dealt with some injuries and a lot of staph infections and things of that nature and hasn't really been able to get on the other side of these things. So he's taking some time away from the sport. Uh, so just write in your handy-dandy notebook that we're going to pull Ronnie Lawrence off of the matchup making for the time being until he announces that he is ready to come back. So let's keep that in mind. 
John Cortez versus Lauren Murphy. There you go. Kapilov versus Andre Muniz. Zell Huber versus Mike Davis. God, what's going on, with Mike Davis? That's a that's a sick fight. I love that one. Rosa Jr. versus Simon Oliveira. I honestly thought about this one, but I was like, eh, that's like it's like a step back from Terrence Mitchell almost, or it's like right around the same. I mean, it would be fine. It might be, but I say just keep lining him up for him. Again, I, I do not care right now about his opponent's uh, lack of credentials or uh, how people view them as like, oh, well, this person would be a minus, you know, a plus 1,000 underdog. And it's like, yeah, I don't care. Let let him get put this reel together. The, the weird thing about the Terrence Mitchell win is great performance, you know, good moment, great booking by the UFC to put that on the main card. If that fight happened as like the main event of like Alaska Championship fighting, you know, uh, 85, we would never know about it. We would never hear about it. Right? This is the power of the UFC marketing machine as they pluck this kid out. Uh, they plucked him out and have designated him as one to watch as the man. And suddenly, again, now he is one of the 50 most famous fighters in the world. Should MMA work that way? I don't know. You know, I don't know if this is the right way to go. Um, but it is funny that like how high our expectations are for him just because this fight happened in the UFC when this easily could have been again, a regional main event and no one would ever have known. So it's just, it's, it's such a, it's such a strange case. I, I wish him the best. You know? Kevin Hahn versus Randy Brown, rebook JDM versus Sean Brady. Sure. Thought about yeah, that as that's well. That's still in play. I do feel like that's still in play. Yeah. Yeah. I can I do want to see that fight. Cause I want to see JDM tested in the grappling. Kevin, if he had yeah. smoked Kevin Holland, maybe we're like, okay, well he can skip over the, the Brady fight, but again, close, close, good win, but very competitive fight. I, I don't see the need why he, you know, necessarily leapfrogs Sean Brady, right? Let's go to Toby, see if we have anything new here. Uh, he likes JDM versus Jeff Neal as well. He's friends forever with us. Anything new? No, 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 no. Uh, Charlie Campbell versus Kiefer Crosby at 155. I believe Kiefer might be going back down. Okay. Either I, Charlie Campbell, I feel like would annihilate keeper crosby but that's my take on it i'm not high on the keeper crosby train i guess i also am not high on the keeper crosby train. <laughs> i mean anybody who i mean he got a ufc contract after beating aaron chalmers in misfits boxing An incredible win incredible win it was the best it was the most technical fight on the entire card <laughs> I, I was on misfits duty that night and then we'll uh we'll wrap with four corner sports possible doo-doo here but i'm gonna I'm going to leave that up to you, AK. I'm going to let you be the final judge. You can be the Mike Bell of the situation. Um, dude, we'll save the duty for the end. JDM versus Kelvin Gastelum at 170. Sure, I kind of think... Not that. If Gastelum's ready to fight for the end of the year, you got to give him the Shafkot. I'm sorry. We've already gotten this far with it. You just got to hand him... You got to, got to feed him the Shafkot. Let him do his thing. Shafkot's got to fight somebody and need somebody with somewhat of a name because none of these guys in the top five are going to fight him. Kevin Holland versus D-Rod. Raul Rose Jr. versus Toshiomi Kazama. That's not, I thought about that one, too, because this is like a, another type of Terrence Mitchell-esque kind yep. of opponent where Raul is just going to kill him. So, could be a good one. Zell Huber versus Natan Levy. This is not doo-doo. It could be doo-doo, because I believe they're teammates. So, we'll just keep that in mind. I'm not going to call this doo-doo. But these these gentlemen do train together. They're both from Extreme Couture, so I don't think they'll be fighting each other. Kyle Nelson versus Gabriel Santos, Lupi versus Pollyanna Viana. This is where the doo doo may come into play. Okay, Tracy Cortez versus Viviani Araujo, and that was it. There was no other caveat to this. But if you just go to topology, Viviani Araujo is booked. October 14th versus Jennifer Maya. Kind of feel like this is doo-doo, AK. It, what do oh, you think? It, it's, it's plain doo-doo. It's plain <laughs> doo-doo, yeah. And, and we've known about that fight for a while. This wasn't like a recently reported... Ah, oh, this has been maybe it's Maybe it's been known... Yeah, maybe it's been known for so long that he forgot about it, but... Because we found out Casey O'Neill was out of 293, and then like mm-hmm. immediately Araujo was rebooked for Jennifer, with Jennifer yeah. Maya for this fight. And start. I think they were previously booked before and the fights fell through. So like Viviana Arujo versus Jennifer Maya like should be fresh in your mind regardless. Yeah. Even if it was a replacement thing. Sorry for no. corner sports. All right. Not that's correct. it for me. Go ahead, AK. All right. I don't have too many to, to go through either. And I'm not going to repeat some of the ones that uh, you've already said. 
I like the Rosas and Houston suggestion, but how about uh, Raul versus Ricky Tercios instead? Same same Ultimate Fighter season, different opponent. Do you think they'd make that one happen? Rosas versus Tercios? Yeah, do you think Ricky's too unpredictable? That it's like, we don't want to throw him in there with this insane person. <laughs> I mean, not now, but I would like to see that one. You've, you're selling me on the future prospects of that fight, that's for sure. Uh, I'm just going to read this now and skip that for now. Sorry, guys. Sorry, everyone, if I'm skipping over some of your some of your selections. Like I said, we do have some repetition. Uh, Kapalov is from Liam Perry. Kapalov versus oh, I shouldn't say Willow. Sorry, Willie Beeman. Credit to you for the Rosas uh, Tercios pick. Liam Perry coming in with Kapalov and Gregory Rodriguez. I mean, I don't see a, a world where that's a bad fight. Mm-hmm. So sure, that could be fun. Oh, what's going on here? Kyle Nelson, Josh Kulabau, Zell Huber versus Ignacio Bahamondes. Uh, I mean, yeah. look, if we want tall guy versus tall guy, you're not going <laughs> to get much better than that. But Zell Huber's what? going up and Bahamondes coming off of a loss. So don't really love that idea. But yeah, I mean, if they make it, I'll watch it. But I would pick Zell Huber in that fight, certainly. Uh, Barry O'Reilly, Josephine Knudsen versus Bruno Brazil. I like that. Charlie Campbell, Vyacheslav Borshev. Some nice matchups. Uh, rebook Chires Lacerda. Mike, we were so close. We were so close to history. I know. Uh, I I'm I'm glad it got overturned. I think we all agree. Tyone missed missed that one. Should not have. Should have done a better job checking to see if. Uh, uh, Daniel Lacerda was actually, you know, out, was actually in danger. So he did biff the call. But we were, at the moment, we were like, wow, history history had been made, over five in the UFC, all by finish, never been done before. Uh, the crazy thing is, I feel like he gets another fight. I feel like Daniel Lacerda gets another fight, right? Whether they rebook this fight or not, uh, he has to get, they, they, they don't have, they could, co- I mean, they could, I don't know where his contract status is. If this was the last fight of his contract, which I would it's be five, weird. Like, he, it's five fights? Yeah, would, yeah, I have to think that's not his last fight. But um, if it's the last fight of his contract, you could easily just not re-sign him. I would not blame the UFC for not re-signing him. I know people would be like, oh, that's a, what a bum rap to go out in a no contest. But it's like, they kind of gave him a lot of chances already. Uh, but there, it, it does feel like they're going to give him another shot. Maybe they do just rebook this one. But, oh, man, what a weird... I talked about it so much in the lead up and never mentioned the possibility of a draw or a no contest. This is MMA. I should have predicted no contest, not Lacerda losing definitively in some way. Two uh, things com- stand, two things yeah, stand out about this. One, I don't know why Daniel Lacerda was so mad at Chris Tione because they went to the replay and even at the end, he should have hugged Chris Tione because had that submission been on for another 10 seconds, he was done. He was getting, he oh. was tapping. Oh, hundred percent. He was tapping. <laughs> he was going to tap. So he, he was either tapping or napping. That fight was going to end with that choke, without a without a doubt. So Chris Tyone, in a weird way, actually saved him his job. And two, uh, what a year it has been for freaking Edgar Chires, man! Yeah. <laughs> Holy yep, yep. moly! Between the the Gianni Vasquez Fury FC debacle with the worst referee in the history of the sport to making his UFC debut on like super short notice and having a, t- a tough fight and then getting his first UFC win and finish. He's like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> and then it's taken away due to replay. And now he's appealing it and he's going to lose that. Man, what a year it has been for freaking Edgar Chires. It's insane. He just wants a normal win. That's all he wants. He just wants a normal win on his resume. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? <laughs> uh, I would say don't rebook this then because I feel like the potential for weirdness is just too high. I say keep the away. Some, something's just weird with Daniel Lacerda. Something's weird with the Edgar Chires. And you just keep them away from each other. Um, Barry also suggests Kapilov Brad Tavares. Top 20? Top 25 guy? Not bad. Uh, he says Kyle Nelson versus David Onama. Sorry, AK, I do not rate Nelson. He's tough, but he's not good. I mean, I'm not saying he's my fellow Canadian. I gotta big him up, but I'm not saying Kyle Nelson's a title contender. Uh, if he was to beat Onama after uh, inevitably taking a lot of damage, then I might have to reevaluate my opinion of him. Yeah, if Kyle Nelson somehow beat David Onama, I would be shocked. One and two, I would not know what to do on the episode of On to the Next One, Mike. I can't even, I can't even predict that main event of the Apex. Last one I'll read for Barry. Uh, I don't like this. I want to see how you feel. Uh, Raul Rosas versus Kalen 
Colin Lochran. We saw how uh, Rosas Jr. responded to his first loss. How will Lochran respond? Maybe unfair for Rosas Jr. So young and inexperienced. He's basically a gatekeeper for keeping your place in the UFC. It's an interesting way of looking at it. I don't know if I'd say that. Uh, and let's see if Lochran belongs. I don't think they would do that. No, because I think they... I think they have something with Lochran. Like... I don't know from like a fighting perspective what they have with him at this point in his career, but certainly the guy's a gift to Gavin. Boy, oh boy, would he sell a fight with Raul Rosas Jr. I just, he's so, th- these are two young guys with, with some upside and some star potential. Don't think they would do it. Plus, I, I think Raul Rosas Jr. would kill him. Like, and I like, oh, oh, he would smash Lochran. That fight's not competitive at all. I like that. Well, Honestly. So, no, but I understand why you made this choice. Yeah. Uh, last one from Twitter, Nate Andrews. Um, uh, Zell Huber, Moises, love that matchup, and that's great. Godinez uh, against uh, Marina Rodriguez after she beats Michelle Watson Gomez. Uh, Cortez Hiba, some good picks there. Okay, let me take a quick hop over to Instagram. I do want to get one of our first timers, Paxton Rembis. Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, tried messaging Mike, but future UFC fighter uh, Mark Zuckerberg wouldn't let me. Uh, so I'm going to the Prince of Positivity. Fun card yesterday. Love the peer review feel it had for fight night. Wish we had more cards like that. Understand UFC Plus uh, Apex era we live in. Yeah, it was a, uh, again, I, I didn't watch the entire show, but man, great crowd. Felt like a pay per view. In my mind, I kept thinking it was a pay per view. I forgot this was an ESPN Plus uh, special. Mike, uh, Charlie Campbell Mahashate should be fun and violent. Uh, not convinced Zell Huber's a top prospect yet. Ooh, let's test him with another veteran, Slimo Chiagos. What do you think, Mike, about Zell Huber, Mark Jacuzzi? Sure. Yeah, maybe. Is that the right veteran test for him? I don't know. Or? No. Do weird, you want to throw one? Zell Huber in there with a the guy who's just going to try to take him down a thousand times? Ah. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I, no, the more I think about it, the more I'm I'm okay with it. And I, I can't remember if you mentioned this before. Uh, Holland Magni. Any thoughts on Holland Magni? Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. But he, see, here's the thing. It does not matter who Kevin Holland fights. It really doesn't matter. Because he's just Kevin Holland. And he's going to say things and he's going to be fun and funny and have charisma up the wazoo and people are just going to want to watch him fight. So yeah, we could do Neil Magni. We could do... We could still do the Ian Gary fight if you want to do that. If Ian just wants to fight for the end of the year and they can't get Wonder Boy, you can still do Ian Gary. It's the worst things you could do. Um, yeah, sure. Fine. Uh, our pal Tristan Gray has a few picks here. I like this one. It's interesting. Loopy versus Molly Meatball McCann. Welcome, uh, Meatball, to the 115-pound division. Mike, anything, any chance they make this? Tristan, why do you hate Molly McCann? <laughs> why? What what did what did Molly McCann ever do to you? Maybe at one fifteen she'll have no, a better. Are you kidding you know, me? Of stopping grapplers. If you know, Loopy aside, is aside. any less than a my, if if Loopy is any less than a minus six hundred favorite, I'm going all in on Loopy. I would I would make the biggest bet I've ever made in MMA on Loopy Godinez. I'm not trying to be a jerk. There's just have we have you seen how Molly McCann loses fights? Have we watched how she loses fights? That's a 125, Mike. That's a 125. She would get <laughs> run over by Lupi Godinez. <laughs> I mean, d- did you watch the Aaron Blanchfield fight? It's going to be very similar to the Aaron Blanchfield fight. But sure, you hate Meatball Molly uh, there, Tristan. So, <laughs> all right. I see what you're trying to do. Tristan, you know the number for heck of a morning. You can retort. You can <laughs> give your retort on the show. Uh, Gerard Bia again. Holland, Li Jingliang, sure. Uh, he's with me. He's Zell Huber, Fresh I would love it. Kyle Nelson, Damon Jackson, Loopy, and Yasmin Lucindo. I could see that happening again. I think I can't remember if that was one of the iterations. I feel like that was su- sort of weirdly supposed to happen on this card. That the, the Calvillo Reed fight that became uh, like three other fights. I can't remember if Godinez versus um, Loopy was one of them, but I'm down for that. Uh, Mike, Tracy Cortez and Casey O'Neill. I actually don't want your don't need your comment on the matchup. I'm curious, would you rank Cortez ahead of O'Neill after uh Saturday's win? No. No, but still, close. I didn't I didn't I, I have I put her literally one spot behind. I just think uh Casey's looked a bit more impressive. But 
I could see people making the argument. So that matchup makes a lot of sense to me. But yeah, I wouldn't give, put a, give her the, the nod just yet. Uh, and then I'll go to emails. Again, sorry to anyone I missed. I'll close out with our pal, Casey Carpenter. Always uh, a font of positivity. Let me just bring up their message here. Uh, great event tonight. Great work by, by all of you. Oh, thank you, Casey. I wasn't even working Saturday, but I'll take the comment. I enjoy all the madness so far this year. Yes, it's been uh, quite insane. I guess they could do the trilogy. We prefer Grasso Blanchfield event, Valentina Pena 2 for the Bantamweight title. So forget, don't even book Pena uh, and Pennington. Just go, just go straight to Valentina Pena 2. I'm kind of okay with that. JDM versus Burns. Give Burns time to recover from injury. Oh, this is the funny one I want to read. Uh, I'll read some of the other good ones first. Nelson versus Swanson Toronto. Loopy versus Jillian Robertson. I like that. Cortez versus Lauren Murphy. At Zell Huber versus Malarkey. Rosa, uh, Rosa, I should say, excuse me, versus Guido Canetti, Mike. Because, uh, as Casey puts it, who doesn't want to see a 43-year-old versus an 18-year-old? We couldn't even get Guido Canetti to fight for Cage Titans like three months ago. <laughs> now you want to re-sign him to the UFC? And... Is he, was, he, was, he official, was he let go? Oh, he's gone. Oh, yeah, oh. he's been gone for a hot minute. Oh, who is he supposed to back. fight? I'm trying to think. Hold on, let me pull this up real quick. I know he was supposed to fight on. Oh, he was booked. Like he was booked to fight someone. At... Yeah, he was supposed to Cage fight. Titan. He was supposed to fight um in Cage Titans in Massachusetts. I forget who he was booked against. Um, was it Jay Perrin or maybe Joe Giannetti or something? I don't know. He was supposed to fight somebody. Man, what does Joe Giannetti have to do to get back into the UFC? He's doing all right on the regional scene, right? He's doing all right. He needs to make weight. And uh, get wins. I mean, he's got a tough yeah. fight coming up uh, against a Canadian. So, oh, so he's definitely gonna lose. How dare you? It's Boston versus Montreal. I actually like yeah. what they're trying to do here. Okay. Um, but yeah, dude, if you want to resign Guido Kennedy and just oh, you're supposed to fight. Who the hell is supposed to fight? I don't know. You're supposed to fight somebody. Uh, are, are you looking this up? I can look. It up I'm, trying. I'm trying. I'm uh, trying. It's not. A, it's not a topology. No. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So it was like booked, but not like super. Okay. Uh, well, I'll just say, guys, if if they did bring him back, I imagine a twenty five year gap would be the biggest age difference in UFC history. I'd have to look at some heavyweight stuff, like maybe uh, Alexei Olenek fought someone who was younger than him. I don't know, or Arlovsky, or. or uh, but I'm pretty sure that would be the biggest gap in age by a, a wide margin. If I'm wrong, people, please send me send me corrections. Hit me up on Twitter, DM me, whatever. But uh, of course, and also send in your picks for. <laughs> Next, do we have a break, Mike? No, we don't. Send your picks for uh, the upcoming card uh, to, uh, of course, to me at Alexander K Lee on. I'm forgetting my own uh, socials right now. At Alexander K Lee on Twitter, at Alexander K K Lee on Instagram, Alex.Lee at espionation.com uh, via email. Mike, where can they send picks and uh, trivia question answers to you? M underscore heck JR. Uh, you can go ahead and leave stuff there. It's probably the best place to do it. I'm still trying to figure out this Guido Canetti thing. Um, maybe I was wrong. Maybe maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's a different fighter who was like in the same kind of a, of a place. But it just never happened. Fight never went down. But yeah, I don't. I March 2023. Yeah, I don't think he got resigned. But who the hell knows? Four and six record in the UFC. He did have back-to-back wins over New Englanders, Chris Moutinho and Randy Costa. Yeah, bring him back. Even if he's not, bring him back. I might have just been totally making up all that other stuff. So, but we'll be back next week because we you are. You took back. us on a journey, Mike. You took us in a real journey there. I know. It just it rang true. It it made sense. But I want to see what time this fight card starts next week. Please give me afternoon MMA for the love of God. All right, seven PM main card. This is it's not terrible. It's not terrible. How many fights on this main card? One, two, three, four, five. Okay. All right. UFC so Vegas 79 AK. This has not been finalized, but I hope you're right. I, 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 these six fight main cards, it always just feels like too much. It just always feels like a little too much, man. I hope. Just keep it five. Five, five was perfect for Saturday. Five was per- that It felt like a pay-per-view. Five was perfect. UFC's website, five main card fights, and Love then it. a whole crop of prelims. How many fights do we have total on this card? That's a big question. It looks like 11. Yeah. This is beautiful. Solid. This is beautiful, and this is Make not plans, a bad one. Mike. Make plans for a late night uh, movie show. 
This is not a and and honestly, this is a pretty good Apex card. Main event: Raphael Fazee versus Matush Gamrot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke to Raphael Fazee last week. He is just a bundle of joy. Uh, so look for that coming up this week on MMAfighting.com. Co-main event: Danny Gay versus Bryce Mitchell. Love this fight. Very very much looking forward to that one. We have the rematch everybody has asked for and clamored for: Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Waterson Gomez. Brian Battle versus AJ Fletcher. You know that's going to be fun. Charles Jordan back, AK, against Ricardo Hamos. Miles John's back, taking on uh, Dan Argetta. It's a damn on topology for some reason. Tim Means versus Andre Fialio. Jacob Malkoon versus Cody Brundage. Boy, that has middleweighty, middleweight stuff written all over it. Jake, speaking of middleweighty middleweights, middleweighty middleweights and heavyweights, Jake Collier versus Muhammad Usman, Mizuki Inoue versus Hannah Goldie, and Monsterat Rendon versus Tamiris Vidal. That's your card. This is, this is Monsterat Canejo, right? There's not two Monsterats, is there? Am I? Wait a minute, are there? There's no. There are. There are two. This is a different person. This is a different person. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Right, Monsterat Ruiz. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. That's Monsterat Conejo. Okay, sorry. Another, I apologize to uh, Monsterat Rendon. I wasn't aware. Is she um contender series signing? Uh, I don't know. I think she's just like a short nurse replacement. Oh, okay. I got to do my, I have not done any research for this card. So yeah. I will. How about Mizuki anyway? Okay, first fight in yeah. almost three years. Because she broke her arm, right? This was the, the last fight was the she broke her arm, right? Yes. Yeah. Rendon, not, I'm sure she's, yeah, other things she's recovering from, but. Uh, Rendon is 34 years of age. Okay. Uh, no contender series. No nothing. Kombacha Global, Kombacha Global. Even uh, taking a trip to Fearless MMA. Even taking a trip to Freedom Fight Night. And oh, the illustrious Invicta. Freedom. Oh, boy. And the illustrious. So she's, she's been around. She's been around. 34 years of age, promotions. making her UFC debut. Good for her. So 34 I, years young. 34 years young. We're supposed to get Javid Bashra versus Victor Henry on this card, which would have been a nice little addition. But that fight, from what I understand, has been moved to UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi. So that'll be a nice little addition to that card. So UFC Vegas 79 should be a fun one. And then we get a rare week off. And for those asking, are we going to get a bonus show and ask Mike and AK? No. No, you're not. We're taking a week off. I'm sorry. We've given you enough shows. We're going to take a little week off from the matchmaking because there'll be nothing to matchmake for, and then we'll put the seatbelts back on, and we'll take a ride through early fall into late winter, and it's gonna. this year's going to be insane. It's already been the right. craziest year ever. we got three straight Apex cards coming up, guys, so buckle, buckle up. Yes, we got this main event. We got Grant Dawson, Bobby Green <laughs> out of nowhere, yep. and then we got Sadiq Youssef versus... Apparently, middleweight Edson Barboza. Have you seen this photo of Edson Barboza? No. Is he look? He's looking big and diesel. I imagine he looks like he put on sixty pounds of muscle. <laughs> he Jeez. looks like a different human being. Can't we do those lanes? Can't we do those lanes? Then I want. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So, and it'll be a great time back next week talking the fallout of Fazee versus Gamrod in UFC Vegas seventy nine. So for AK, I am Mike Keck. Thank you for joining us once again. Always remember the golden rule. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we will have more fun back here next week, right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.